Arg, Rog. How about? No, silly idea. What's that, Eddie? You'll say I'm being daft. No, we won't. Absolutely not. We're only throwing ideas in the pot. Well, what if we use here? The cider shed. Yeah, what about the cider shed? Um, it's me, <laughs> Peter, as always, with Kerry and Matthew. Guys, how have you been? All right. Once we've given this a really good clean, I'll be even better. Yeah, I need to need to sort out those dead pheasants. Well, you know, how is your dead seagull collection? It's completely decomposed by now, thankfully. And uh, there's a new um, happy couple. Well, it might just be one half of the old couple with a new with a new um, bow because it was Trevor. Trevor and Eve were our original seagulls, <laughs> and it was Trevor that passed away. New listeners might not know about uh, Matthew's former life as a kind of James Stewart-esque rear window voyeur of um, copulating and then expiring seagulls. How did yep. you know it was Trevor who died? Because of the markings. <laughs> there was a okay. slight difference in the markings, mm. and the behaviour of the other seagull um, suggested it was the female. Okay, gosh. Oh, yeah, you are a bird watcher properly, aren't you? I forgot that. Well, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, mm. and um, the the seagull that remained, she was the one that went on the bottom. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, where would you put dead pheasants, anyway, and why have they got them? Are they... In you that... have to hang them, don't you? Yeah. This is where the two country mice explain to the city mouse about um, letting animals rot around your home. But has he been poaching those to get those then? Mm, poaching's a very, um, it's, a, it's a very harsh word. But yeah, he's probably been taking them <laughs> without full permission. <laughs> from, my, this is, my expertise just comes from reading Danny, Danny, the champion of the world. But I think mm. if it's on your property, it's fair game with, uh, with game birds. Either that. I mean, like, he's probably got a high strike rate driving around town in that limo. (laughs) Yeah, it's roadkill hanging up in there. It's quite a nice idea, actually, isn't it? Having their party in the cider shed. It's it's party central here, isn't it, boys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's almost like it's a metaphorical thing for life, isn't it? Like maybe people go out there in the world, they try things that seem wonderful, but then they think, oh, this isn't. And they end up coming to the cider shed. (laughs) We chose, uh, um, being me, I'm going to take this far too seriously immediately, but... um, we chose the name of the podcast for a reason because it is a kind of unspoken center of the village. It's where the slightly less pompous and hopefully without, uh, you know, uh, hopefully more likable people tend to be uh, yes. rather than the um, some of the drier, more tedious places. Which would probably, <laughs> and we can use that as a segue to any number of things. Um, where do you want to pick? Where do you, where do you want to start, Kerry? You had a you had a quite neat theory for how all of the plots this week joined together. Well, I, I did think I spotted a little bit of a theme, which was there were three women this week who were definitely under pressure and they all reacted very differently to that pressure. So the first person, not necessarily in the order it happened in the episodes, I have to say, it's just written on my paper, but um, Kirsty was under pressure from Linda to play God and her reaction to that was she had a meltdown and ran to the toilet. Then she reappeared, didn't she? And she was apologetic and what have you. Clary was under pressure about the sodding brooch, let alone the ballroom. She did nothing about that apart from sort of her usual, well, I I just smile and make the best of it, even though it's my party and everything. Mia had to step in and sort that out. God bless her. And the other woman under pressure was Natasha from the Bridge Farm Massive who had spoken about the plans they had for her business behind her back and then they were super shocked when she actually stood up for herself, owned it, told Pat where to go (laughs) and just said I'm putting up a, uh, what was it, a steel framework i can't remember what yeah she was just going to build a corrugated iron you know have you seen mosquito coast that thing that harrison ford (laughs) built to make ice in the middle of one of these like rainforests that he's in i imagine it was going to look like that some towering monstrosity yeah but you know she's been backed into a corner and stood up for herself and i applaud her for that i there was collateral damage though which was fallon so i'm sorry about that matthew Uh, i don't know how you feel about that how on earth did Fallon not point out, you know, that like, why is Summer Orchard coming to tear down an orchard <laughs> to build its corrugated iron monstrosity at the back? It doesn't seem um, 
doesn't seem like it's on brand. The messaging is very bad there, I think. You're going to tell me that Werther's Originals isn't really made by a bunch of, you know, doting old grandparents next no. In cardigans. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing she could have said worse is like, uh, and, we're, and we're going to call your new cafe the Tia Ambridge. <laughs> she started screaming, didn't she, really? Oh, I've put a lot into this tea room. <laughs> Sounded like a Dalek then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it did a bit. I'm sorry, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I think it was Miranda on Twitter. She put something like, um, this chopping down orchard trees to make way for an orchard juice business makes perfect sense. <laughs> I was desperately trying to think of uh, wordplay to do with the Daleks and the best I got was desiccate, desiccate to do with maybe some of the uh, <laughs> coconut on her cakes. But so sorry, I, um, I'm sure Matty's brain was doing something similar. Oh no, I was just I was just thinking about Fallon losing her shit. Ooh. Oh yeah, you're too. This is you do sound very calm, Matthew. Given that one of your two. Well, you know, you just kind of thought it's that thing, isn't it? You know, like Natasha. Although Natasha remained too calm, I wanted Natasha to get more um more into it, and I just thought they might accidentally kiss. Oh, listen. Speaking of naughtiness and Fallon, there was a right weird bit where at the beginning she was sort of going. Did you notice as if I thought Matthew's going to think she's got love eggs in or something? <laughs> and it was when um, Natasha had gone in to speak to her, but she was really wittering and sort of going, chattering away. She was like, yeah, Har Harrison's been called off to a terrible pileup. Yeah. And Laurie's tipped over on Bridge Street or something. He's on traffic duty now, I think, <laughs> is the un unspoken, you know, side. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. We all know why. But then Natasha just went in with, it's about the business and our plans for it and it involves you and you need to sit down and <laughs> listen to me. So she went in really hardcore, didn't she? Negotiated a rent reduction without consulting Tony or Pat. I mean, it would be fine if it was just Tony she had to deal with. But it's uh, unfortunately for Natasha, there's Pat, isn't there? Not unfortunately for Natasha. She can handle her very well. It's no, not a problem. I did one of my Boris Johnson U-turns, Matthew, uh, while you were um, uh, uh, listening to the third, you know, listening to your Thursday episode. And basically I started off like, oh, well, you know, Natasha this, I, I hated the way she behaved. And, uh, you know, for once I was on the side of Pat and then Kerry very quickly turned me around and made me see the error of my ways. I don't think I have a side in this, to be honest. I'm just enjoying, I'm, I'm enjoying just the two of them going at each other. Mm. Pat, Pat does annoy me. Does Pat have love eggs in, in Matthew's <laughs> imagination? I want to know who's got the love eggs in. They all have. Um, Cla I mean, Cla yeah, Jenny and Clary do. They've got a right old uh, vibration going on in their voice. So it's, like, time, um, it's, it? it's like an Ellen show. Like, you know, you've got love eggs, you've got love eggs, everyone's got love <laughs> eggs. <laughs> yes, that's how it is in my house anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did, I did like Natasha's sticking up for herself as well i mean you said there was um that bit where she said everything everything i've tried to do you've blocked me at every turn and she was like we haven't blocked you and then she said that you said that there was a theme running through this week which was these women trying to get get things they wanted or being denied or not being heard women under pressure yes under pressure i i've I don't know. For some reason, I kept on being reminded of John Archer all the way through it because uh, Natasha said something quite Lear-esque to Tom early on where he was saying something about, I always grew up playing second fiddle. And she said, well, you're not second fiddle to anyone now. And I was like, that's a bit odd to say that, you know, considering where the hierarchy was. And then she said later, like, you're not going to squash me. Like, I was like, oh, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not squashing me down the way you squashed Tom under that tractor. Is, is she accusing? Oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, please don't do that. And then there's <laughs> that moment tonight, which we'll get to. Tony and Jennifer were talking and she was talking about the fact that Rory's given them the cold shoulder equates somehow with them losing John being crushed by a tractor. And I was like, this is very strange. Because he and he was saying, "Well, I know what it's like to lose a son," and I was like, "He's in London." Yeah, he's not dead. <laughs> he just hasn't picked up a few voicemails. <laughs> There's another thing that's kind of echoing John, and then tonight they echoed it again. I don't know if the whoever was involved in the writing was being quite nostalgic for that, but yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. Ooh. And I did think 
you know, Tony Fairplay went round to Jennifer. How are you, Jennifer? But the only reason he went round there, none of this had occurred to him to do himself, was because Pat said, oh, I've been thinking and worrying about Jennifer and Brian, all the things they've been going through. You ought to go round and see how she is. And I thought, well, you've been thinking about it for a while and haven't actually done anything yourself. That's a bit odd. And now you're poking him towards doing it because it hadn't even crossed his mind to check in on his sister. He was having a right moan up about Jennifer. He got both barrels from her, didn't he, as she was leaving Yeah, she was leaving Fallon's because she'd gone in to cancel the order for Millionaire Shortbread. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and there was that moment where Pat said, yeah, I was just enjoying a five minutes quiet time with the goats till you showed up, Tony. <laughs> but Tony's... You know, he's having a bit of a moan about everyone. He even managed to fit in a moan about Morris, the butcher, being boring. I was like, where is this thing where Tony is suddenly an authority on who is boring and who isn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was better than Trevor. Now he's better than Morris. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? And he's a bloody idiot, basically, isn't he? Because when he said, I tried to do the brotherly thing with Jennifer by mentioning the son she hasn't heard of for ages and then talking about Adam, the other son who's now working picking potatoes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I told her how well Adam's doing, pulling the, uh, the Fords yeah, Ford and Major around so it doesn't, so I don't have to turn on the engine. <laughs> yeah. I, I, how dare Adam as well talk about that guy, Morris the Butcher. If rain clouds could talk, they'd sound just like him. I mean, giving Adam that line is bloody rich. Do you think they're trying to make... Tony seem a little bit of a more interesting character by him pouring scorn on people for being boring. It's very strange, isn't it? All of a sudden mm. that he's complaining about people being boring. The one thing that Tony and Pat have in common is their immense capacity for hypocrisy. Um, <laughs> you know, so Tony will be incredibly aggrieved about, you know, the way that his mother treats him. And then he'll stand by and watch Pat squash all of her children's hopes and dreams. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about that before. You know, it's always his principles get in the way of him ever, you know, yielding or being flexible on anything that they want to do. So, you know, it's, it, it's just another, it's just another act of hypocrisy, isn't it? He can ball for England, but, um, you know, me talking now, three levels of hypocrisy. He can ball for England <laughs> and then, you know, and then at the same guys, guys. Yeah. I mean, there need to, no badger shouting this week, please. Um, <laughs> but you know, so yeah, he's just, mm. it, it's the hypocrisy. It's, and it's, it's through the show. Like if Kerry wanted another theme, um, you know, hypocrisy could be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he also was s- not slagging off, but he was being a bit of a gossip about Barry Simmons having a girlfriend now. Oh, he's got a girlfriend now, as if that was an impossibility or something. Was he the rat fancier? Yeah, they met at a rat fancier's do. Sorry, Kerry, do we have any idea if, if Tony is a bit of eye candy? Is that hypocrisy as well? Well, it's, it's Patrick Troughton's son, isn't he, in real life? But I was talking to Jeremy earlier, lovely Jeremy, who came out to Portugal. He, We were talking about what does Tony look like, funnily enough. And we were kind of saying that we imagine when we hear Tony and Pat speaking, we think of them as being in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. And that she is, in my mind, dressed like in the good life. You know, the fit one, the lovely woman who was really sexy, but she doesn't look like her. She's just wearing that sort of clothes. Exactly. No, it would be like that, like wearing and, a, like one of those kind of green gilet kind of things. Yeah, with a little headscarf and sort of like badly home knitted things and what have you. And that Tony looks like Tom from The Good Life, in my mind, a bit. Is that yes, wrong? That's, that's that's spot on. Okay. Felicity Kendall in that in that clubber gets the rear of the year award. Mm. And Pat just <laughs> just looks like she's tumbled through a pile of sackcloth with some glue on her. Tom from The Good Life was slagging off old Barry Simmons <laughs> from the Rat Fanciers Society. And they had to mention, oh, he's very fond of his low fade hairstyle. I know. What? Why? They were kind of bonding, I think, weren't they? Tony and Adam, it all was feeding because that was Monday's episode. And it fed into Tom later being so bitter about the fact that um, Tony and Pat see Adam as this guru. He doesn't resent Adam 
necessarily himself as a person, but how they treat Adam. And they keep telling Tom to go and get advice from Adam. And it's pissing off. Yeah, there, there was that moment where um, Tom showed up and Tony was like, Adam's just given me some wonderful advice <laughs> on seed mixes. And Tom's went, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> can we talk about meat? Yeah, and Tom wanted a new potato picking machine. And uh, Tony said, yeah, yeah, fine. But you might want to speak to Adam about which. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Why do I have to speak to Adam <laughs> about everything? And also they have to be concerned about the fact that if they change the herbal lays, it's going to change the flavour of the cheese. Was that what you said? Yes. I got quite interested in diverse wards. If they change the flavour of the cheese, I think the first person they should consult is Kyle Yates because he went into the village shop and gave Helen shit about how shitty the Borchester <laughs> Blue tasted. God, I'd forgotten about him. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Well, what he was mostly complaining about was that it cost four pounds or something, wasn't it, for a small wedge of it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. yeah diverse swords are quite interesting, actually, lads. Are they? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Do you know what they are? Badger. <laughs> okay, I'll shut the f up then. About the think... upper layer of soil, especially when covered with grass. Um... <laughs> snuck it in. I did. Um, I did think with with Tom, it was, you know, yes, yes, you've got you've got issues with your, you know, your dead brother who mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, who got all the attention and was potentially better loved. But guess what? He's dead. He paid with his life to be the better loved child. Like, you know, if he'd hung around, he might have been the failure. I mean, how stupid is Tom that he can't get over this? Like, he's still you. You get to live. You get to be. You get to be. You know, to to, to live a full. Is it hit your four score and seven to use a slightly country term? You know, don't moan. Uh, he's the son of Pat and Tony. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He, it's genetically primed in him to moan about fucking everything. Am I misremembering things? Or was John not a bit of an off the rails fuck up? by the time that he died. I thought he had some issues. He was in and out of Ambridge, wasn't he? And then he was in and out of, like, relationships. He dated an older woman, didn't he, that was a bit controversial? God, I mean, it's a long time ago. Yeah, now. we're going to get really sort of picked up by Cosmo Re this because... <laughs> did you see his tweet, Matthew, about your tractor thing? <laughs> uh, I did not, no. Okay. Did he, he didn't at me in it, did he? No, he didn't, actually. But he what he said was, you'd mentioned that the tractor that they'd used at the wedding was the same model as the one that had squashed Johnny. And um, was it just the same brand? It was the actual same one. Oh, it was the same one? Yeah. So, you know. And I was also trying to remember, was it Roy that organised that? I think it was. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was, yeah. So it was the exact same tractor? Mm. No. I my memory of it is that Roy was like, "Oh, it's a it's a Massey Ferguson. How stupid of me!" And it wasn't that it was exactly the same tractor. Oh. It was just that it was a brand. Well, you need to take that up with Cosmo then. Okay, Highlander style on a New York rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> An arm wrestle would do. That's fine. Yeah, there can be only one tractor story. Mm. Sorry, Peter, I cut you off then because I for I remembered about Cosmo. Well, I can't remember what I was about to say uh, at all. But um, I do Johnny and Tom maybe. Oh, oh no! Just that, yeah. Just that um, that uh, Johnny, Johnny. I mean, just the relationship. Just the, what's it? What his kids called Johnny? Johnny Junior, is is another example of his slightly kind of uh, messy life before he carked it. Yeah, it's all a bit. Um, it's all a bit vague in my mind now. I mean, it was the late nineties, wasn't it? I, just, <laughs> I don't really want to go into details of my own life, but there's a reason that's a bit vague. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the thing. So I was I was listening. This is part of the time when you know, depending if I was self-employed or f employed full time, like it, there wasn't any listen again function. So you know, when I was when I was self-employed, I listen every day. But you know, like I was in the pub in the evening. There's no way I was listening to it at seven o'clock. So, <laughs> like you know, I did miss quite a few years around them. Mm. Oh, I know what I want to ask you too. What is the reason that in your minds? that um, they're wanting Natasha to move everything. I don't think it came from them. I think it came from Tom, didn't it? But what is it all about? What do you think? I mean, my, my first answer would be control. Mm. Was it, is it to do with travelling, her travelling to the fruit press in its perfectly fine situation where it is now? Exactly that. No, no one seems to be able to handle a f***ing commute in Ambridge. 
I mean, how far away is it? I've done three and a half hours every day listening to Adam. But yeah, I, I assumed with um, Natasha that it was Tom is stressed out about her profligacy with money, which we mentioned last week. It does make sense, you know, if they've got the land to not pay for extra land. They're, you know, they're obsessed with the idea of it being a fa- everything being a family business. Everything has to be bridge farming, you know, bridge farm fresh, fresh this, <laughs> uh, bridge farm organic. So, you know, it just makes sense that, you know, they're not, it plays into their narcissism, the idea it all has to be sort of interlinked. I mean, mm. it's, like, it's like I was listening to a podcast about narcissists and it, please insert joke. Um, <laughs> and you mean you were, you mean you were doing the edit? Yeah, I, I was I was listening to myself on a loop. <laughs> um, and it was it was all about it was all about how, um, you know, uh, narcissists, could, uh, their empathy is they have full empathy for fictional stuff. So people in the news, people in books, people in films. But when they're confronted with something on their doorstep, they sort of shit the bed and kind of, you know, get you know super stressed out because it's not all about them. And I get that with, with all of Bridge Farm, it's the same thing. Like, you know, as soon as they have to confront anything on their doorstep, they go absolutely bananas. But they wouldn't want, but they, they want the rest of the world to think they're the most sort of like, you know, mm. kind and giving people. But when they're actually faced with the opportunity to do kind and giving things, they always run. I have a question for both of you. Yeah. Which is more dysfunctional as a household, Bridge Farm or Home Farm, as a oh. household and, a, and an organisation? Bridge where would you rather have to spend, I don't know, a fortnight living? Oh, I definitely want to. Well, you're thinking you want to shack up with Brian, Kerry. Yeah. Uh, no, but, you know, I just think atmosphere wise, you could have some fun there at least, couldn't you? There is no fun at Bridge Farm. None. Yeah. I mean, Jenny would just be baking things solidly. Brian would have the whiskey out as long as Alice had turned You'd be in. right, laugh. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, you'd just be like going going down to the shed to tell tony that pat had passively aggressively mentioned that supper is ready <laughs> exactly she's such a frosty bird sorry all, all the children at home farm have at least had the good grace to act on their neuroses and kind of like become an alcoholic you know try and sleep with anything that moves a la adam flee to the other side of the world like debbie <laughs> like each of them they've acted you know like you know rory's doing it right now in a bridge farm, they just—they all just sat around, not even having the guts to kind of like you know let their uh, let their faulty personalities play out and be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think mean, Cosmo might pick me up on this as well, but I'm pretty sure John pulled that tractor over on himself. <laughs> the thing is, round home farm, round home farm dinner table, there would be tales told, wouldn't there, about escapades and. What on earth do they talk about round the dinner table at Bridge Farm? Probably nothing other than the farming, and then they go to bed. <laughs> Kerry sitting, lying up in bed, spritzing herself with perfume, so she hears a key in the door, and she suddenly realises it's actually Jenny locking her in and not Brian letting himself in. <laughs> Kerry does carry Tommy Girl on her at all times for a little spray. I do. It's either that or Chanel. I'm sort of, you know, from the sublime to the ridiculous or the other way around. Yeah. Chanel tonight. What did we think about um, when Tony went round to see Jennifer? She went there. Well, you've missed Brian. Him and Alice have gone off for a pesticides talk. And I was like, do you think Brian was there like, listen, I've told you, no herbicide shots before 12. <laughs> yes. Alice. And certainly don't mix it with pints of fungicide, for goodness sake. <laughs> I buried it six foot deep and it got me in trouble. I recommend you bury it at least 20 foot down. Oh, he doesn't have to worry about that anymore, does he? Much like Adam complaining about work shortages at the abattoir, because he was um, he was saying, I'm surprised you got to... Tony managed to get a slot at the abattoir for his ang- Angus's because of the uh, labour shortages. But I read in the Telegraph today that George Eustace has encouraged working mothers to go and work in abattoirs to fill up the migrant worker shortage. There you go. Fine. Everything's fine. Okay. You up for that, Kerry? I mean, you could slip out a bit of lamb or no one's looking. Yeah, it sounds quite good, actually. You know, I'm looking for work in the new year after my gardening leave. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine this abattoir owner in Brighton going, hang on, we're shifting like <laughs> 20,000 carcasses a week and I'm making a loss. What's and only on? two are coming out the other end. <laughs> Yeah. In the meantime, Kerry's down at Curry's. Well, that's hard to say. <laughs> getting a, getting like uh, 20 chest freezers. 
Yeah, I, I mean, why not? I, what I'm more perturbed about is that you're reading the Telegraph, to be honest. It wasn't that. It's the fact that it was shared all over Twitter about how ridiculous uh, it was. Oh, thank God for that. No, Phew. I wouldn't read it. It's behind a fucking paywall. I wouldn't mm. read that Tory shit rag if, uh, if I had to pay for it, which oh, I don't have to. Good, good man. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> not the Tory graph. Um, you know, and if you were around at Jenny's house, I don't know about you guys, but I actually was quite moved by listening to her um, talk to uh, talk about Rory and missing him, um, even though she was talking with Tony. Um, so, you know, I guess that answers Kerry's question about who would I want to spend time with. Even even Jenny at her absolute most lacrimose and upset is is better than Tony, you know, trying to show his best version. But what, what did you find it moving? Or was that just me being a little bit kind of um, weak and also a recent father? No, it definitely was. And it all began when she was a bit embarrassed in front of Ben and Elizabeth on the Sunday episode, wasn't it? Where Ben had, Ben was buzzing from his trip to London and had hung out with Rory. And Jennifer was like, oh, how how is he? <laughs> Yeah, I've forgotten uh, about that. Thank you for reminding me about that because that actually I found that quite moving as well. Yeah, she's such a good actress. Actually, I forget she that really sometimes. is. Her voice is extraordinary as well. I love it. And then obviously she was like, "Oh, I haven't actually heard from him." Then when she disappeared, Ben and Lizzie were talking about the fact that, well, actually, I couldn't get him off the phone. He's not that busy. What was Elizabeth's excuse? To, she said that. Well, it wasn't an excuse, but she had to end the call because. Was it she had to go and see a man about a roof? Oh, stop it. She did. She said that on Sunday. I didn't hear that. The last time she saw a man about a roof was when she slipped her brother a fiver to give Nigel a shove on New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, it was sad. It was sad. And then I, I thought, you know, ben, um, ben and Lizzie were being rather sweet about it. They realised, didn't they, something's up here. Rory's clearly, yes, he's busy. He's at uni. He's living it up. But... When it got to the point where over his birthday and they'd gone to London, he didn't deem to see her. That was awful, wasn't it? You know, that must be hard for her, I think. Yeah. And um, what was it? Tony said that he'll soon show up with an empty wallet and a case full of dirty laundry. Well, he doesn't seem to have an empty wallet. He seems to have loads of money, Mm. probably because he's selling his dirty laundry on Cash App. I think Tony yet again missed the point, really. He'd been told to talk to her by someone else because it hadn't crossed his mind. Then he's sort of going, oh, I'm sure he's very busy. You know, he'll come back with his dirty washing. Are you not understanding, Tony, what has happened here about why has Rory left? Why is he not having contact with his mum? Well, interesting you say that because the conversation between Ben and Elizabeth when Jenny left clearly upset was ben knows but elizabeth doesn't what happened between alice jennifer uh, and yeah. rory yeah because i felt like they'd kept that quite successfully in house because elizabeth was just like oh i'd heard he'd had some difficulties and ben was like and ben was decent enough to not spill the beans yeah i think my, my point really is tony's got no intuitive feelings about anything has he really He's sort of like, oh, really? He has to be clanged around the face with a frying pan to sort of understand what's happening. You know, Pat had to shove him there and he still God doesn't really. Pardon? I said, God, I love Vic and Bob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought it was Kirsty that had a face that could break plates, but maybe it's Tony. <laughs> but poor, poor Jennifer, what is to become? Do you know, I think I have faith in Rory because he's a lovely, lovely lad to at some point in the future, he'll have got it out of his system, gone to see his Irish family, had a right good thing, realised that Jennifer's not a baddie, is she, in terms of him? he She's done great things. No, and they had that lovely scene at the railway station, didn't they? Yeah, and it's all because of Alice being a twat to him that at a point where Jennifer and Brian were very were struggling. A, f- a friend of mine is, um, so he's born in, uh, born in Britain, grown up in Britain, but his, all his family, you know, his parents were born born abroad. And we used to argue for years. He's got a very strong regional accent. And I always be like, I'd be like, mate, look, I don't want to be funny, but you are, you know, you say, <laughs> you couldn't sound more British if you tried. And you'd be like, no, 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 I'm from, I'm from, you know, I'm from this other country. I'm from this other country. Anyway, so he finally went there to find his people and he came back. He's like, yep, <laughs> British as anything. <laughs> and I know Rory spent time in Ireland, but actually 
you know, when he does go to spend time with um, Siobhan's family and sort of gets them, he'll just he'll just realise that yes, no matter how dysfunctional and awful that connection he has with Jenny is is as she's you know as someone said to her was it Tony? It's the you know it's the closest he's got to a to a mother. Yeah, you're the only mother he knows. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, if um from someone who's lived in Ireland for ten years, you go into a pub in the rough, rough end of Donegal <laughs> with Rory's accent. Uh, good luck, mate. Yeah, oh, God. Boy, was there anything else to say there about the, the whole Jennifer thing, really? Uh, the only thing I'd say is um, the only stress she doesn't have in her life at the moment is being stuck in Linda's um, monstrous fucking play, or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's all... Luckily, it only got mentioned in passing as a vehicle for Roy and Kirsty getting back together, didn't it? Mm. Sorry if there was a click there. That was my left shoulder. Ooh, we did, we did have to. We did have to suffer Linda being persuaded to be God today. Ugh. Kerry and I did about five minutes of who could do the best um, John Hurt as the Elephant Man impersonations. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> before the show. Um, which, um, but yeah, Kerry had me laughing hysterically because she said um, Linda probably looks like a toffee apple. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, um, let me let me explain. <laughs> What I said was, I don't understand because she's right. The Elephant Man thing was all because I said the script writers and editors. Yeah, it wasn't just a physical thing, was it? To be clear, it wasn't just. Well, no, no, I don't care about that. That's fine. I just want to explain. Basically, what we were talking about was that what the script writers and editors have done with Linda is kind of over egged the fact that she's better. Look, it's old, old Linda is back. But where actually, old Linda used to be someone who would. Um, over persuade people what she wouldn't have done is be this monster who's saying cancel your Christmas and New Year with your family you're not actually doing that thing you thought you were doing tonight you're coming with me all of that nonsense so they did create a monster at that point when we said she was a monster we were sort of doing I am not a (laughs) I am a human being um and then it led on to me saying, why doesn't anyone say, piss off, you bully? And then I thought, I'm well, so it's because... sorry for misquoting you, Kerry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I just want to give the context. I thought maybe they can't bring themselves to challenge this woman because her face is like a sort of burnt toffee apple. Yeah, that's what or he says. spent firework or something, and they just can't bring themselves to challenge. I mean, there was that moment earlier in the week before <laughs> they actually had their falling out where Roy and Kirsty were talking. And he was like, look at Linda. She's really positive. And, she, you know, Kirsty was like, yeah, but, you know, I was married to Philip. He only blew her up. <laughs> and I think Roy's completely got the wrong end of the stick. He was like, you know, I heard some of the cast say that you were halfway to God already. And I was like, aren't they just planning to bump her off? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Roy, God bless him, not Linda bless him, but he was trying to protect our Kirsty, wasn't he? Like he does from time to time. In doing so, he inflated Linda's ego all the more, which was Brilliant. annoying. No, I liked that, the fact that he managed to... Yeah, but he did it to his own advantage. Do you never... Do you, I've done of that a million times. Of course it's to his own advantage, but I don't like the fact that she was... What all the cast think I should be God, really? No, none of them do. But we want you to piss off. <laughs> yeah, we get we got to hear an almost wedding esque Kirsty scream, mm. though, didn't we? Oh yeah, when she legged it to the toilet. She, I mean, it, it was about it was about sixty percent on the Kirsty wedding jilted <laughs> scale, wasn't it? But it, it it wasn't bad. I quite liked it all the same. Mm. Um, she has had a tough time, Kirsty, hasn't she? You just made me think. Yeah, it's it's sort of it is a bit incredible, and and we all know she's going to end up with. Is it Roy? Is it Rex? Is it Roy? Is it Rex? Someone beginning with R with three letters in their name. Is she too old for Rex for it to be plausible? Well, we've recently discovered Roy is forty-two, haven't we? I think Rex is around thirty-eight, isn't he? No, much younger, isn't he? Oh, is he? Oh, I always get this wrong. Sorry, sorry, everyone who's going to correct me later. I will look it up. Whilst you two chat amongst yourselves, Matthew, you are more reliable than me when it comes to information. So, uh, yeah, but age age wise with the archers, I've been out a few times. I thought Roy was in his early fifties, and I had that completely wrong. Um, just by the way he acts, to be honest, compared to how me and Peter act. 
Oh God, there's no fucking comparison. Is there like you do? <laughs> no. Like primary children. I know. As as we as as has been mentioned in our iTunes reviews, someone said that we the the main well, offenders well, were well. the men who act like primary children. Uh, excuse primary school me. Children. Did that? Excuse me. I was singled out. Um, I'm the only one who's been singled out. What was it? Someone. Uh, oh yeah. Um, someone By name. Someone who stopped listening because I'm I sound too pleased with myself. And as I fucking well should be because I <laughs> am a beautiful human being. So you know. Well, let me just tell you. Uh, from giving you the inside shtick, and Kerry can confirm this, Peter is not pleased with himself. <laughs> no, he isn't. Really I wish, he, I wish he bloody stuff. would be, to be honest with you. Oh, he, is, uh, he is his own worst critic, and all the better for it. 50% of most recordings is just me trying to stem my tears long enough to kind of like get the microphone up. <laughs> oh, no, guys, give me another one. <laughs> There's a beautiful little break in your voice then, just as you said it. Oh, that was sweet. I will mention it one more time. I have won an acting award. <laughs> Rex has no age on the old Archer's bloody, uh, you know, character thing. Were you playing the elephant man in the school play, Peter? I played Fanny Squeers. Um, and, uh, yeah, but what did you do in the school play? <laughs> in uh the the play within a play smike i played a teacher and a prostitute um within in the play and uh, yeah i got rave reviews hang on hang on hang on peter you're gonna have to stop and say that all again because you broke up uh i pay i played fanny squeers in a play within a play okay say it say that all again <laughs> well have you got some hideous editing trick up your sleeve for tomorrow no Honestly, I just assumed you had some kind of devious thing where you're going to like, um, you know, 19, then a 19. You're going to yeah. have to get Fanny for, 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 for Fanny or something. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's uh, it's Peter here. Um, I don't know how much of that absolute shit show Matthew was left in. Um, when we left you, I was saying 19 lots. Matthew was pleading that he was not going to stitch me up and was, in fact, just um, having technical problems. And I think Kerry was staring at us both, uh, realising that her recent comparison with us being toddlers was 100% accurate. Uh, is that roughly right, guys? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so There's we, a little bump in our road, that's all. <laughs> yeah, we don't have many. We don't have many. It's, we don't. I mean, it's, it's actually a very easy process this whole uh we're, i think we're very professional <laughs> yes we are so someone word, said that and i was bloody shocked that word <laughs> colliding with us twice in the same day does feel very weird uh yes yeah, so we discussed natasha we discussed the play jenny and her um poor poor um, heart being broken that leaves us with only one topic left it is of course uh eddie grundy the most romantic man in the world Ugh. <laughs> yes brooch world as well that was all weird wasn't it a costume jewelry turtle dove brooch that elizabeth had on her wedding dress really did she would you don't know on her going away jacket ah oh, was it not the wedding dress it was the going away jacket that she had it on uh, are they like going out jeans <laughs> <laughs> what like those ones with fred flintstone printed on them that used to buy down the market in the 80s well she had going out jeans didn't she <laughs> Do you not remember? Yeah. Well, going out jeans. Justin's got his lounge pants. <laughs> They're styling. I mean, the thing is, with that whole Clary thing, why didn't she just, I mean, I know they have to drag it out, but why didn't she just say from the off, no, I've got my mother's. Thank you. I've got a brooch I really like. Yeah. I, I didn't appreciate Elizabeth's again. That was pressure. I felt it was pressure. I've I've been rifling around in a box of my things that I haven't used for 30 odd years, 27 years worth. Yeah, but just say if you don't want it. Yeah, she kept saying, if you don't like it, do say. If you don't want to have it, do say. You don't have to take it. Please just tell me. I'm famously sexy and probably look like a young Kate Hepburn. But, you know, you can have my cast-offs. Here, have them, you old hag. Yeah, my my daughter doesn't even want it. <laughs> you can have it, though. Please do wear it when you renew your vows, won't you? You'd be doing me a favour. I'm such a hoarder and I'd love to get rid of this brooch that my dead husband gave me on our wedding day. <laughs> oh, Eddie, I just... don't want to bake the entire universe. And Eddie, Eddie was going, take it, take it. It seems to be shiny and might be worth something. Take it. Why, why, why has Eddie suddenly turned into an East End gangster? I don't 
or, or um or what's her name or is that Ke- or is Keris cold just come back while we're on air <laughs> i'm cured at the moment i'm really pleased oh, ross kemp would definitely narrate the Kerry warbis story <laughs> <laughs> great yeah. she moved north to yorkshire they were in for an hell of a tear up <laughs> you might think no one would normally take lemma in their pocket would you you're wrong <laughs> oh shank yeah. you're good she said not Day only one. did she take Lamb out in her pocket, she met with that little Jimmy Somerville. Jerry, <laughs> <laughs> who would play you, and who would play Matthew in the um, in the uh, you know the the Hallmark oh, Channel Kerry Warbis story? I think it might be um, Dawn French or something, maybe. Who playing me? <laughs> or Lisa Tarbuck? Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, right. yeah. yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not a huge fan of hers, but I can see oh. why I might. <laughs> Oh, I'm not a huge fan of her, but I can see why you might have chosen her. Thanks, Pete. Oh, this is all I, staying in. Only, only in that she, only in that she is a, she has a big personality. She is a, she is a confident woman. She's Peter a very Scott. bright woman. Yeah. I think Michael Schumacher would play you, Peter. Anyway. Mike, oh, whoa, what? Mike, him now or him when he was driving? Um, oh, do I? Maybe don't mean him. Is he a goalkeeper? Oh, that's, you mean, that's you mean Kasper Schmeichel. Oh, Schmeichel, sorry. Michael Schumacher is the Formula <laughs> One racing driver with severe brain damage. No, yeah, if you were... <laughs> sorry, is a, no, no, that's so fair, sorry. It's a fair comment. It's a fair comment. I, would, I didn't mean I it. If, I, if you had to take oh, any God. sportsman, I think I'm like, I would be Boris Becker now, kind of bloated, <laughs> fraud <laughs> Boris Becker. Um, Kerry, maybe who could you be? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but we haven't done Matthew yet. I know, I'm trying to think. I, I was hoping we'd forgotten about that. No, 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 I definitely haven't forgotten. Yes, you are Peter Schmeichel, by the way. I've just brought him up on the screen. Casper Schmeichel. Yeah, he's younger. It can't be him. <laughs> better and younger, yeah. Uh, Mike, uh, Matthew. What Mike, you? just call me Mike. Oh, no, I was um, looking at Michael Schumacher. Let's stick, let's stick with footballers and we'll go. I think this is the them. last pod, guys. No, you, Matthew, oh, you're a bit sort of dishevelled, aren't you? What? <laughs> In a nice way. You have that hair that's all... John Pertwee? <laughs> no. Playing... Do you mean I have that hair no. that's all a bit, uh, you know, like... No, just nicely dishevelled, you know. You're not f***ing Wurzel Gummidge, I just mean... <laughs> that... I've, been co- I've been called Wurzel Gummidge on the oh. Zoom chat recently with my friend, my friend Andy that listens to this podcast. Who okay. Was, uh... You cannot yeah. deny that you have dishevelled hair. It's in a good f***ing way. Oh, it, oh, it's grown out for sure. And I, I, I've completely run out of ideas to, what oh, to do with it. You're him who, the lead singer of The Cure. That's who you are. <laughs> oh, f*** off. <laughs> yeah, well, I second that. It's democracy. It's part of democracy. I'm, <laughs> we've got Lisa, the, the odious Lisa Tarbuck, um, a fat <laughs> Peter Schmeichel. Someone and... in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> and and the one with the lipstick and the hair off the queue. Robert so, Smith, that's it. Yeah. yeah. How on earth am I Robert Smith? You just are. Just shush. Democracy. Robert Smith. Robert Smith's hair is backcombed about yes. five feet in the air. And exactly. Mine isn't. He's got, exactly. He's got an excuse. And mine isn't. Mine is tied back quite neatly these days. No, you're Robert Smith. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh, fuck off, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think this is quite. We're kind of channeling the mess of the uh, of the wedding. It was something to do with something to do with pressuring Clary because of Lizzie and because of Eddie and just the fact that it was all a massive mess. And then the the, the delectable Mia came and intervened. Angel, she was. She was like, yeah. you know, called Eddie into the room. Eddie's been awful, by the way. Yeah, obviously, you know, even that little thing where um fallon was asking what how many quiches they wanted and he went she better not scrimp on the bacon it's like jesus you're getting these gratis out of the goodness of their hearts and you're saying they should top up the bacon not nice no but yeah so she called eddie in didn't she mia and said right you know this is how it is. Oh, I can't believe I've been so stupid. Oh, no, we can. There was that moment where he was like, we can get rid of all of those things we wanted. They were saying, well, we might hang on to the ch- chocolate fountain. I was like, well, like literally hang on to it. <laughs> I just, just get covered in chocolate. As you, I also thought at one point he was going to be like, oh, well, now you don't want all this finery, Clary. I made Jasper the ferret into a scarf for you. <laughs> Yeah, do you think he is going to get her an actual gift? Or do you think the gift he will give is 
sprucing up the spider spider cider shed it's another podcast i do shit it's out i do the spider shed it's that one about arachnids <laughs> the cider shed with the um fairy lights and the winter greenery it does sound actually quite nice doesn't it he's going he, i think his final line was something like i need to make this right or something didn't he he said, I need to put a smile on her face this Sunday, which is what any cider shed normally does for anyone, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's going to be, oh, no, I think you're I think you're right. I think it's going to be, they're setting up for a really heartwarming episode on Sunday, aren't they? Where they try and take us a, t- down, a trip down Grundy Lane and yeah. tug at our heartstrings. They're quite good at that, aren't they? There was a lovely one before, wasn't there, where it was just the pair of them in some country lane or other being romantic that was jolly lovely what would have been wonderful at right at the end would have been if um eddie would have said now i'm just going to go and tell fallon i don't need all of those sausage rolls and quiches oh yeah yeah no millionaire shortbread no sausages no yeah quiches yeah it's going to be a lovely lovely do and god bless mia and Oliver. Oliver was having a go on the cider press as well, even. He's he's completely, uh, you know, part of the gang now, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's got no spine at all. I mean, I don't mean that in a... I, I love Oliver, but, you know, he doesn't... He's just like, oh, you know, what? I wouldn't be here. I, you know, I'm not cross. I wouldn't be here if I was cross. It's just, you know, he's like... And then, uh, what was it Eddie said? Um, oh, yeah, you are family, which you very much get the impression he is, don't mm. you? He's just like, um, we'll never hear from his daughter again. They're going to inherit the farm. Ooh. Ooh. Really? Mm, that'd be good. I mean, Oliver was couldn't hide his uh, pleasure at the fact that Grey Gables Ballroom wasn't going to be hired. Oh, yeah. By then, wasn't it? You know, he was like, well, it's a terrible shame that my mate Baggy and uh, what was his other mate? Terry Two Bladders or something. They were going to drink the bar up. <laughs> Isn't it Baggy and Snatch? Uh, was it Baggy something and like Snatch? Something like that. I don't, yeah. That sounds like a character from the Beezer or something. <laughs> but Oliver sort of just went... I think we'll manage. Uh, yeah. And they've got another booking, haven't they, that are cancelled somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. So all is great. Eddie said, you'll never get one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kerry, mm-hmm. Kerry uh, uh, we were talking earlier, did, talking of bookings, Have did you get any feedback from our secret upcoming guest? <sighs> he obviously, as mentioned last week, our secret guest said he would be coming on in December and I've messaged to try to tie him down to a particular date and haven't had the confirmed date yet. So it's still out there. Yeah. So we can't confirm his identity, which is a shame. Never no, mind. There have been a couple of guesses on Twitter. And has anyone got any close? Anyone near close? Yes, someone has guessed it completely. Other people have thought it was Brian. And it isn't Brian. I've actually, I've been on a a, a podcast with our Brian before. But you've been, you were once invited onto Richard Stilgo's houseboat. I was. Yeah. Why have you mentioned him? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was. Well remembered. Bloody hell, Matthew. Because when you told me that, I have an incredible memory, Mm. Kerry. Just a warning to both of you. I uh, can't remember much about it. I uh, My dad worked for the BBC, knew him. We were returning something to him on his houseboat. Yeah. I wish I could remember what we were returning. I've got a feeling it was some sort of game, but why would that have been happening? I'll have to ask my mother. My dad's dead, so I can't ask him. But yes, I have been on Richard Stilgo's houseboat. <laughs> That's one of many celebrity encounters I've had in my life. I like the way you're serialising it, Kerry, so that, you know, to keep the intrigue. Come, come tune in next week to find out which <laughs> what went back to Richard Stilgo's houseboat. Um, serialising it. Come for the archers, stay for the Stilgo. Okay. Um, <laughs> So you twi- so you mentioned the guesses on um, Twitter, Kerry. What what yeah. is our Twitter address again? <laughs> it is at, at the Cider Shed Pod is where you can find us on Twitter. We are still accruing lovely numbers. People join us every day. The merry throng. Uh, we're up to one thousand five hundred and sixty-one followers. So my aim is to get to two thousand before the end of the year. Please uh, nudge people and um, tell them how fabulous we are. 
I think I think that's the same handle as uh, um, our Facebook and Instagram accounts, isn't it, Matthew? Where you can um, test Matthew on his prodigious memory. The Instagram is the same as Twitter at the Cider Shed Pod, and we have a Facebook group which is called the Cider Shed Podcast. That's where you can find us. Uh, and if you want to email us, it's hello at thesidershed.com. Love to hear from you. You know, feedback doesn't just have to be done on um, iTunes reviews. Although, please do give us an iTunes review. Call out some of my smugness if you want. That's optional. Um, <laughs> I we uh, the other promise we made is we're going to make plans for Christmas. We still haven't done oh, yeah. that, but it seems like that will be informed by the availability of our mystery guests. So I guess that's going to have to wait another week. Yeah, that's okay. We've still got what is it? Five weeks before Christmas? More than exactly. that? Something yeah, like that? Plenty of time to, plenty of time to um. What am I? I've seen my first um, neighbor's external Christmas decorations tonight. Okay, are they impressive? Well, I'm not impressed. I did have a, my first snowball today. Do you mean as in like advocat? Mm. Yeah, advocat, roses, lime, cordial. Yeah, that lemonade. was not a double entendre for me that had a single... When Kerry says she's had a snowball, there's no sort of, you know, it, it could have been snowing for two weeks solid. I still wouldn't think it was yeah. anything but... Uh... Oh, it's not heroin and cocaine mixed yeah, together. Yeah, I thought speedball speed <laughs> oh, yeah. when I first heard it. <laughs> no, no, I had a snowball. Bloody lovely it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, I mean, this is the thing. I, I, it's, we, I think I'm going to have my I fall off the wagon when I see you two. But I'm still, I'm jealous of the the whole drinking thing. It sounds like a lot of fun. I don't think we're seeing Matthew though over Christmas, which is very sad. Well, it's logistically practically impossible. I think, it's not logistically it? or practically impossible. I am in the country. But after our conversation, it seemed to be unlikely, didn't it? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't rule it out. Okay, good. It's on. Hooray. <laughs> you know, I will be in Lisbon for New Year's Eve. Yeah, well, we're not going there. Well, you could. You could come here and record a special Friday episode. Well, please remember, in any in any movie, when a, uh, a retired sporting great comes back into the game, they do give him a training montage. I can't go straight from almost two years of not drinking mm-hmm. into going toe-to-toe with you two beasts. I mean, I just don't have it in me. So is it just going to be shots of you with um with Cyrus passing you thimbles of shandy? Right, stop crying, Daddy. Stop crying. <laughs> Matthew, I'm I'm worried about about your Friday disappearing under an avalanche of editing. No, it's going to be fine. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Guys, we've got Christmas to look forward to. We've got the mystery guests to look forward to. We've got next week's recording to look forward to. But for me, a big thank you for another fun week. Um, have you had fun? Yeah, proper belly laughs. Nice one. Love you both. Yeah. Love you both too. All right. And the listeners. Well, that was a bit snorty. Oh, actually, yeah, love the listeners too. Yeah, forgot about them. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Um, they're a wonderful bunch, aren't they? Yeah, yes. very loyal and growing. Well, if it wasn't being too snorty, then I'll take it back. All right. Mm. Okay, have fun, everyone. <laughs> See you next week. See you, bye. What if we use here? The cider shed. That's genius. Is it? You might be onto something, Eddie. We'll chart it up a bit. After giving it a good clean. A really good clean. Fanny, 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 fanny. Hello.